don't know how good I'm going to be at getting badges. I think you get a lot of badges. Okay, cool. Hello, dear listener. <laughs> Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. Uh, I was mid-sentence when Chelsea started recording, and I was saying I could probably be a part-time Girl Scout. Um, maybe the outfit would look good on me. I don't know. Maybe maybe the beard is all it takes to bring it out. Who's to say? <laughs> Did I make it weird? Yes, I will. So we're going to move on. <laughs> I'm an improv comedian from New York. Still not performing because of Delta variants, but that may change by the time. No, nah, it's not going to change by the time this episode comes out. But that's all right. One of these days, we're going to get on stage. We're going to murder each other and make some ha-ha for some wonderful people. As I mentioned, the lady behind the beeps, the boops, the buttons, and the bobs, uh, she is a Girl Scout. Uh, uh, what's your official title? Troop leader. Troop leader. I was going to yeah. say, like, uh, commandant. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> She's Chelsea Bennington. Hello, Chelsea. Hello. Um, right out the cannon this morning. We are we are chaotic, and I love it. Chaotic on a Sunday morning. Um, yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but one of my other volunteering uh, hobbies, I don't know. Um, I, I yeah, pursuits. exactly pursuits. Uh, I'm a yes, exactly. I'm a Girl Scout troop leader, so um, I'm shaping our nation's youth. Right. I'm going to call it Girl Scout Commandant from now on. I've decided I like, I like that. I like it. I like the idea of you're clicking your heels together before saying something very important. Yes. <laughs> so uh, for those that have seen this week's topic, it came from the mind of uh, wonderful Chelsea. Uh, she said to me, like, I have an idea for a podcast episode to which I automatically responded, absolutely, we're going to do it. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so Chelsea, yeah, tell so us what went through your mind. I will, I will gladly share. So um, a few weeks ago, maybe almost a month ago now, I was browsing HBO Max and I saw that they had um, 13 Ghosts uh, and House on Haunted Hill, the two um, remakes. And those were made under uh, a film production company called, uh, or label really, um, called Dark Castle Entertainment. And I just had a random thought before I watched the movies and I saw them as a kid. Um, I was just thinking, what happened here <laughs> when it came to <laughs> making these very, they feel very stuck in a time capsule, these horror movie remakes that, uh, that were under Dark Castle. And I rewatched them, one I liked more than the other. Uh, and they did other films too. Um, and I just told Rick, I was like, I wanna talk about Dark Castle because I think it's just such a strange, uh, it, it was created very strange. It, it's supposed to be like an, an homage to William Castle in its name. And they wanted to do only horror movies and all of their horror movies just kept getting panned by critics and they just weren't good. And then they tried branching out of horror and doing stuff. Um, I, I think they did, uh, or I have in front of me, they did Rock and Rolla and a few others. Um, 
And yeah, I just told Rick, I was like, do you mind watching these trash movies so that I can talk about Dark Castle? And as everyone that has listened for a while knows, I've watched a lot of movies throughout this pandemic. Um, so yeah, some of them have been trash. So this is not new. So for the episode, <laughs> it's research. Uh, these movies were not the trashiest that I've watched. That is true. But, I mean, the pandemic, I've seen far, far worse. It's, and I did, I yeah. did see these two movies uh, closer to when they came out, not in the theater, but definitely uh, on home video and decided I didn't like them and never revisited them. But I was a completely different person back then. And it's like, let's watch these now. Uh, so thanks to Chelsea, I did. And I started with House on Haunted Hill. And I like that more than I remembered it. Um, Same. Because, you know, going through the credits, you got the, the KMB there for the special effects. And it's like, hey, they're great effects people uh, known throughout the industry. Jeffrey Rush is fantastic. Uh, Fine-ass Femke Jensen. Uh, mm -hmm. Such a bitch. Uh, Fine-ass Tay Diggs. Being <laughs> fine-ass. Uh, fine-ass Ali Lauder also being fine-ass. And, you know, weirdo Jeffrey Combs being a sadistic doctor. During the credits, I did ask aloud, why is Lisa Loeb here? I know, and I love that she's in the credits when she's in the movie for two minutes. Um, and <laughs> Just about, just about. And having, the, you know, Jeffrey Rush playing this weirdo amusement park designer uh who's coming up with such wild things Stephen price that's a homage uh mm -hmm. for his things and hating his uh wife and doing the typical you have to stay overnight in the haunted house and you get all this money and it, it's not awful um i'd never seen the original the first time i watched it earlier in the pandemic and liked it and I'll be honest with you, I'd like to do a double feature of the Vincent Price version and this one to compare and contrast, because really, I think it's uh, Jeffrey Rush and Fanny mm -hmm. Vincent that put this they film on their back it. and carry yeah. it and make it so that, that and make, you know, I, I hated Chris Kattan in this movie. So it's like, all right, we're, we're going to pass that by and make it somewhat tolerable. And I'll get to my opinion on the end after you wax uh, philosophical about your thoughts on this movie. Uh, but yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Not yeah. the most garbagey thing. And again, you got you got the KMB effects. They're working overtime. And they, Greg Nicotero, we all know, learned at the foot of Tom Savini and no one's setting out to make a bad movie specifically. Yeah, I think um, so that talking about House on Haunted Hill uh, first is perfect because it was um, Dark Castle's first movie. Um, so Dark Castle was formed uh, in 1998 by Joel Silver, Robert Zemeckis, and Gilbert Adler. Mm -hmm. And it really was just like I said, to start making these horror films. Um, and 
beginning with House on Haunted Hill and having, you know, Stephen Price, Jeffrey Rush looking like Vincent Price. Uh, I mean, I love Jeffrey Rush in this movie. I think he's fantastic. He looks um, like he will fuck everyone in the room. In this movie. Yeah, he does. That part where he like lifts his glasses and says, now is when it gets really scary. It's mm. just, I love that part. I, I usually don't care for breaking the fourth wall type of stuff. Um, but it reminded me of, even though these are not similar whatsoever, it reminded me of funny games <laughs> when, when they break the fourth wall to let you know, let you know it's going to be scary, to let you know it's going to be awful. That's what I like breaking the fourth wall when they're almost like preparing you or setting you up. So anyway, I digress. But um, I watched House on Haunted Hill for the first time when I was younger. I was, I mean, I was a kid when it came out. Um, and I remember it freaking me out quite a bit, but we watched it around every Halloween because it was on AMC all the time, every Halloween season. So granted it was edited, but it still freaked me out. Um, and so I wanted to revisit it and I, I feel the same way. I, I thought it was, it was fun. I thought Famke uh, Jensen or Famke Jensen uh, is amazing. I love her in everything anyway. So I'm, <laughs> she does a great job at being sadistic. Um, I thought with uh, Chris Kattan, he was absolutely unnecessary. <laughs> I understood because one thing I also noticed with these two movies, um, and we can get into it when we talk about 13 Ghosts in a bit, is both of them have a comedic actor playing like a straight man, but still funny. Like it's not the straight man that's keeping things, you know, uh, keeping things, you know, knocked down a peg. It's like the straight man who knows what's going on and doesn't yeah. want to mess with it. And I think that's I, I, so interesting that those movies have that. I, very I, similar. I don't consider them so much uh, the straight man as just mm -hmm. the exposition character. Yeah, that's a better say, way to put it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to do this exposition dump for you. It, that's a that's a much better way to put it. And now, um, how did this viewing compare to all the numerous times you'd watch it uh, in in years gone by? Um, it didn't. It still freaks me out when Jeffrey Combs uh, with the reporter specifically when he looks at the camera um or, or her camera um and just is looking straight at her uh I mean he is so great at playing a psycho uh and it freaked me out the gore didn't you know freak me out as much as when I was a kid I I was like oh my god this movie's so gory I don't know maybe I'm just desensitized by now <laughs> and it just didn't hit me as particularly too gory or too grotesque um I thought it was fun and again, very, very time capsule, like 1999, we're getting into the millennium horror. Um, yeah, so I liked it. I, I would watch it again, like every, every few years, I think. I, I would do a back to, I would do a double feature, like you said. Now that would be really fun because I've only seen the original House on Haunted Hill once. Um, and that was when, I think it was like me and my mom were just watching a bunch of Vincent Price movies at once. Um, so I'd like yeah, to I, compare. I watched it for the first time just because it ended up with a bunch of other Vincent Price movies on Shutter, And I thought, well, now's the time. Um, 
as we get to the ending, I think uh, the main problem is, okay, uh, Jeffrey Rush dies, Famke Jensen dies. I'm not spoiling this movie. It's been out for a long time. And you either already love it or you're never going to see it. Yeah, um, exactly. And then you have this, this bad, I, I feel like it was even primitive for the time effect of this specter that looks part like Venom from the Marvel comics, partly like a Rorschach test, and partly like the cover of every Norwegian death metal band's logo mm -hmm. coming at you with faces. <laughs> but Chris Kattan is now this smoky specter that's going to open the window so fine-ass Taydegs can crawl out and survive it's like that this is where it falls apart and gets hokey and that's probably why i didn't like it i mean it's been so long that i remembered next to nothing about yeah. my initial viewing uh so the parts that i enjoyed i was able to enjoy them thoroughly and the parts where i didn't enjoy them i can go yeah that that's probably why i hated this yeah, I felt the same way when it comes to the third act and you start getting, you know, after uh, Stephen Price um, dies or, well, there's like some fake out deaths quite a few times. But um, when you start getting the, I mean, it just looks like a large smoke monster from mm -hmm. Lost. It's just so, it's so ridiculous, but made up with all these faces and the whole like family uh ties and everything just it, it got it I don't know how it's possible for House on Haunted Hill to get too convoluted but I guess it is possible um, it, did. It, it did and it loses me a little bit I I do love that they ended up with all the checks but I'm also like are you even going to be able to cash these now I'm a 29 year old who does not know how checks work but <sighs> I have a feeling that um with everyone dead, you may have some explaining to do <laughs> before cashing all of those. Also, how are you getting down? Did you ever watch the sequel? There was a sequel to this? There's a straight to DVD sequel um, that was also Dark Castle in 2007. And the brunette from Cabin Fever, uh, Serena Vincent, she's in it. Well, That's all I know. Considering I didn't know that there was a sequel to it, then yeah. no. <laughs> no, yeah. I saw bits of it because it also played on AMC a lot um, during Halloween season. Um, oh, that that AMC Fright Fest. Yeah, Fright, Fright Fest or whatever they call it. But now it's just Walking Dead. Like they used to actually play horror movies. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't have cable anymore. They but... might do. They might still do both. But yeah. you know me, if you're editing out the cuss words and the nudity, I don't want to watch it. I, I no, it I was just always on in the background for me. Yeah, I, I, I want to see breasts and hear people say fuck. That's that's my bread and butter. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yes, the sequel has, uh, I believe Jeffrey Combs is in it. Let me, I want to fact check myself very quick before I say that he's in it. Because he is a great horror actor, um, probably best known okay. for Reanimator and Bride of Reanimator. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I remember first seeing him, first like really noticing him in The Frighteners, which is probably mm -hmm. still my favorite role of his. And 
I'm going to piss some people off. I feel it's also Peter Jackson's best film. I feel that's as good as he gets. And I know there's going to be some hobbity people that are mad at me with that statement. And uh, you know what? That's fine. That's okay. I mean, I am a hardcore Lord of the Rings fan, but I also love when Peter Jackson did horror and I wish he would just do that instead of those stupid Hobbit movies that no one liked. <laughs> and I learned how to speak Elvish in sixth grade, okay? I was an absolute Lord of the Rings nerd and the Hobbit movies are trash. Nerd. I know, Rick, you're <laughs> digesting that. I, I, I learned how to write and speak Elvish. I read all the books. I had um, two friends. <laughs> okay, this revolution has given me a small headache. Uh, I know. I was like, I can't tell if you're frozen or. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, so yes. I, no, no, don't. We're we're not moving from this quite yet. Um, I have questions. Yes. What, I have answers. In what aspects of your life? did you think you would have to use the skills of reading, writing, and speaking Elvish, period? Um, I thought it just made me cool and it was going to be like a, like an icebreaker at parties. I don't, I, so I would, I watched the movies and would write everything down, would figure out like, this, the sounds and then when I read the books I like wrote everything out like looked on the internet for the elfit, elvish like alphabet I just thought it was really cool <laughs> I also it's, had an... it's okay. not like um you know learning a language in the hopes of one day traveling to the country <laughs> where you speak that language so, no. <laughs> you, so you won't get like taken advantage of by cab drivers, or you can order food without being embarrassing. Elvish, <laughs> outside of like Comic Con, I I don't uh, see uh, the benefits of it. And you know, I'm not besmirching uh, Comic Con directly. I've been to numerous Comic Cons. Uh, but when the the people behind New York City Comic Con uh, two years in a row did not mail out the tickets, but also didn't refund the postage price, uh, I, I did report them to the U.S. Post Office for mail fraud. And I don't know if anything came of that. Um, yeah, I said it. Fuck you, Repo. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was cool. My my friends um, in sixth grade, because uh, it, it was 2003, I was in sixth grade. And that's when uh, Return of the King came out. Uh, and we just thought it was so cool. We just thought like, we would have sleepovers and just watch Lord of the Rings. That, now, that was just what we did. Could <laughs> any of your other friends also speak Elvish? So you had a secret way of communicating with each other because I could see that working if you were in espionage mm -hmm. we did have different phrases we would like say at school I can't remember them now because god I haven't thought about it in forever but um yeah we we kind of used it as our own like oh this is this is our little language I'm like oh my god we were just freaking nerds we should have been stuffed in lockers it was ridiculous Okay, questions <laughs> asked and answered. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> love that, love that.
but anyway yeah so um jeffrey combs i just saw he is in the sequel but i remember seeing bits and pieces of it um on amc and uh i think the storyline was it's ali larder's uh sister because ali larder's character kills herself and i'm like why'd she kill herself she escaped with tay diggs and money but apparently she was haunted by what by everything she went through so she like the sister goes to the house to figure out what's going on i'm kind still of like the blame, grudge too i'm gonna blame chris Catan somehow I feel it's it's chris Catan. but yeah so so house on haunted hill was dark castle's um first movie very on the nose for it being dark castle's first movie and it got you know mixed reviews um it was technically a commercial success it opened as number one in the box office at that time um so it was a great start for dark castle because you have like even looking at the the poster for house on haunted hill it's like they have tay diggs right there and then the reporter because mm-hmm. she's really hot even though she's only in the movie for 10 minutes and ali larder you have just like these sexy stars and like the blood red handprint and um again it's it's hard to describe but with these dark castle movies and you know i'll get into some more of them after we talk about 13 ghosts they just feel very time capsule like a moment in horror that was kind of fun when it came to the late 90s up to the mid 2000s where these movies really just relied on special effects for better or worse um and they're almost like guilty pleasures uh even though with house on haunted hill i'm like no they're not a bad movie but 13 ghosts i have separate feelings about and that was their second movie before we get into 13 Mm -hmm. ghosts do you feel that 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 vibe that feeling uh looking back on it maybe not at that time feels transitional because post the screen mm. you had a lot of movies in that vein yeah. uh, of the uh horror whodunit which even the faculty kind of falls into but the easier one oh, it does yeah are i know what you did last summer and urban legend mm-hmm. um i never watched valentine but you could tell from the poster it was I that too love valentine oh my god anyway <laughs> are you saying i should watch valentine i actually think you would like it it's okay. really fun i don't I mean, know if it's... go into it knowing it's bad but that... That it's a horror it. whodunit, and you can yeah. tell immediately. And you can tell immediately who it yeah. is, but Denise Richards is fantastic in it. Sure. Because, yeah, it's before, like, the early 2000s, where it's like, let's just do American versions of everything that's mm-hmm. Japanese. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, starting with The Ring and everything. And yeah. some found footage. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, um, it does feel a little like it was a transition into... Um, because you're right we had those whodunits but they were all whodunits surrounded by like high schoolers and college students Mm -hmm. and I feel like with House on Haunted Hill and the movies we started getting um I mean you could argue from Dark Castle because after 13 Ghosts they did a ghost ship and um (laughs) we don't need to get too much into that but um it does feel like it started becoming adult focused again if that's 
the right way to put it. Like it's, it, we were getting so many movies that were teenagers, slashers that were teenagers mm. or young adults, but with like House on Haunted Hill, I, I mean, unless they were supposed the, to be younger. These but, are for the people yeah. that have either dropped out of college or decided one degree is enough, let's join the workforce. Yeah, exactly. The, like it just it, felt, yeah. Doesn't make you any less sexy. You two can be a Tay Diggs or an Alley <laughs> Larder. Mm-hmm. And, and and be attractive and run from specters. Sometimes I'm haunted by the fact that Allie Larder's character in Final Destination is named Clear Rivers. It's been a long time. I, Final Destination was another one of those movies I watched. I didn't like. I gave up yeah. on. Um, and uh, to me, that makes sense. Uh you know, because River Phoenix was an actor uh, when I was growing up. So I'm like, yeah, I could see it hit with parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably one of the few people that remembers Joaquin Phoenix's original name was Leaf. Uh, so Leaf. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, 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 I'm, I'm like, in, my parents weren't hippies, probably because they were immigrants. But being a Generation X kid, it's like, yeah, you, you'd find like someone's older brother or sister was named like Moonchild or some bullshit. And they're like, eh, call me Jim. Oh my God. Ted. But yeah, I just randomly think of it. But yeah, so these movies, they do feel very, um, yeah, it's like putting adults back as the stars in a way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not like that's a game changer, but it was different from the teen who done it slashers we were getting several times a year I would say or a couple of times a year I mean Cherry Falls was one um uh that was a teenage whodunit and god and like you said Valentine I feel like we could name so many that are just from the late 90s I I I don't know I, I don't recall ever hearing about Cherry Falls uh, but, you know, it works as a whodunit title and a euphemism. Ah. Well, uh, that's, I think you would like Cherry Falls, especially because of the controversy behind it. So basically, uh, news to me. the plot, it, it, it stars Brittany Murphy and Jay Moore. And um, it's about a killer who is uh, killing virgins. So everybody's like trying to lose their virginity so the killer doesn't get them. That sounds like a sound strategy. Yeah. And then there was a, it wasn't released for a while, I believe, because all the parents and MPAA were like, what are you doing? (laughs) What is this? I watched it for the first time last year. I had to um, find it in a, I'm not going to incriminate myself recording. I had to watch it in a different way. You had to watch it by means. That I found means to so much mainstream. <laughs> exactly. And I, I watched it for the first time because it's not streaming anywhere. I think you have to buy like the DVD. Um, I thought it was really fun. But anyway, it, it's another like who's doing it? Who's you watched it projected on the wall of an alley uh, in an industrial yeah. portion of Brooklyn. Yeah, because uh, I feel like that's how you have to watch it too. A movie called Cherry Falls? Come on. Yeah, with other uh, like-minded horror fans and a couple of mole people in Chud because there was mm-hmm. a, a large manhole uh, in, in, the, in the, the, the alley 
that came out and they're like, oh, we like this movie. Because blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's what Chuds sound like. Exactly. And then there's Todd and nobody invited Todd. He just hangs Fucking out Todd. in that alley. It's really annoying. He doesn't even like movies and he just hangs out. But fucking Todd. Anyway. Just there breathing heavy. I know. Breathing heavy behind you. And you're like, Todd, close your mouth. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> Respect the fucking line, Todd. Social distancing. Anyway. Like, but yeah, so that that was a that was a good question. I hadn't I hadn't thought really about that because again, like I said, it feels very time capsule esque. And um, yeah, so that was House on Haunted Hill. And like I said, their second movie uh, was Thirteen Ghosts, and that came out in two thousand one. Um, I was actually talking to one of my friends a couple of days ago about it, and just something to that I'm still trying to figure out before we get into the movie. How old is Shannon Elizabeth supposed to be? Cause she acts 12. Is she supposed to be 18? Am I supposed to believe that that's an 18 year old? Why are you living with your parents or your dad? Are you 16? I just, I was getting very annoyed that I couldn't figure out what she is. <laughs> it I... was just strange. I didn't consider that either. I just figured uh, this is Shannon Elizabeth and, and she's Tony Shaloub's daughter. Um, again, watch this when it came out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely disliked it more than <laughs> yeah. House on Haunted Hill. Um, but again, you've got the KMB people uh, doing the effects. The fact that Robert Zemeckis is one of the, the producers, um, you know, probably best known, you know, for Roger Rabbit and things like that. But, you know, I remember he was one of the producers of Tales from the Crypt. So he's got yeah. that horror background that may not be at the forefront of many of his other more mainstream works. But, you know, he's there. He's got a love of this. And... You know, th those kills in that junkyard at the beginning oh. uh, with F. Murray Abraham and Matthew Lillard. And F. Murray Abraham is trying so hard to be the villain in this movie. Uh, his performance is just fucking smoldering. If there's any great aspect of this film, it's him. Uh, and uh, not remembering anything where like he dies right at the intro but then you know comes back later to betray his lover much like in the previous film uh house on haunted hill um you know he's there he's doing his thing why you want to control these ghosts it's it's very complex and convoluted but the creature effects they're trying hard uh yeah. but it, it's it's somewhat overkill and the little device of having these spectacles that you have to look through that let you see what's coming to get you be it the big guy with all the nails in them or the juggernaut or big fat baby or 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 um, a titty ghost um i think this movie might have worked that might have been more successful in a post avatar uh, landscape where it's like let's make everything 3d 
Because then the audience having to wear glasses to see the film might then uh, like just added another little you know step in the experience of the film. Uh, you know when they were making every fucking thing 3D, whether it needed to be or not. Yeah. Did Green Hornet need to be 3D? No, it still wasn't going to be great. Arguably, Piranha 3D was the only movie that needed to be in 3D. That's a fair argument. Yeah. Salute. <laughs> yeah, I think with um, 13 Ghosts, it's interesting. So my, uh, my background with it is I, re- I have a very specific memory of when I first saw this and um, this episode is really just reminding Rick how young I am. <laughs> I'm just everything that I feel like a goddamn senior citizen. Because everything I'm about to like say, it's like, are you kidding? But um, I remember I was staying at a friend's house and uh, she had, you know, movie channels, the HBO movie channels, and we didn't have them at my house because poor. And um it was such a big deal. We were just always like, what are we going to watch on HBO? Um, and we would always look for like, you know, when scary movies are playing. Um, and Don't feel bad. I didn't have cable until I could afford cable. <laughs> exactly. And, but it made those moments kind of more priceless and maybe I'm being nostalgic about it, but it also kind of made it, you know, fun going to a friend's house to watch like, you know, movie channels. Anyway, um 13 ghosts started uh we started it when um the blood from the truck <laughs> was being like spewed out yes. i was like this is the blood bait what yeah i was just so taken aback and it was really late at night um i wasn't always good about staying like at my friends houses i would get kind of homesick easily like i would wake up in the middle of the night and i always felt uneasy um i got over it i think i just missed my mommy um (laughs) and uh I mean there would be times where I called her and she had to come pick me up because I was not doing well um we're a nerd that spoke elvish go on exactly exactly I was the nerd who spoke elvish who got scared at sleepover (laughs) dear god I'm cool now um (laughs) (laughs) she is she is She's, she's very fucking cool. <laughs> cool now. But um, anyway, so digressing so much, but this is, is, is I have a point. Um, and so it started with that part. I was getting a little freaked out just by um, the ghost and the part where I was like, uh-uh, no, turn it off. I'm done is when that lawyer or insurance guy gets split in half by the doors. It yes. looks awesome. The, the it, bisection uh, is probably, is definitely my favorite kill in the movie. Because yeah. it looks anatomically correct and goopy and, and wonderful. It's like, okay, yeah, that that's that's the other good yeah. thing about this film. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, it's one of those movies where I can see like where the money went and where it didn't or what was rushed and what wasn't. Because I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting movie. I uh, Matthew Lillard is great in it, I think. Um, I also just like Matthew Lillard and him with the nanny uh, was fantastic. I would have loved more scenes with them. This is one of the rare times where I think a movie um, could have been longer um, because 
that uh, is rare for you it's rare it's rare um I, I felt it could have been maybe 10 to 15 minutes longer just to give a little bit more background in the ghost because it sucks that you have to look it up online like all of the ghost backstories because they're really interesting and I think it was a special feature on the dvd too so anyway but um I watched it you know on and off growing up watched it a few weeks ago and it's you know what sparked this idea and this discussion and I had so much fun watching House on Haunted Hill I did not have a lot of fun watching 13 Ghosts I just realized it's like everything is a missed opportunity like this just kind of sucks like the setup is really like the the production design's amazing it has that almost um it, it's almost too polished the, the the production design of it um, and some of the special effects, like it's just almost too clean. Uh, and then there are moments where it's really sloppy, like at the end when the guy gets sliced and diced by the whatever the hell that machine was, um, that looked so bad. I think it looked so rushed uh, uh, compared to like some of the practical effects we were getting. But um, it was just silly. The whole thing was silly uh, and it could have been a little bit longer. I still, to this day, no matter how many times I've seen this movie, I do not understand why um, oh, she's Mrs. Honey and, or she's Miss Honey and Matilda, but she's the girl who gets like, she's smashed, uh, she's pressed against the walls and uh, smushed mm -hmm. to death. And she, I guess, was like evil all along or like turned. Nothing about her made sense to me and it still doesn't I just don't understand what was supposed to be going on there but um it just sucks that they designed some really cool ghosts and you get maybe 10 minutes of them if that um it can be baby yeah I so. was at um uh, not that he's a part of it but again he's, he's their mentor Thomas mm -hmm. I was at uh uh, kind of a Q&A with him a couple of years back and I asked him if he ever gets frustrated about the the work the number of hours put into creating an effect and how little screen time it gets not just of the execution of that effect but sometimes the MPAA saying that kill is too long or that creature is too much we need to trim it and uh, I don't remember his answer verbatim, but I think the short version is, yeah, but he loves doing it. So I, I feel that that may have been the same thing here. Uh, the the, the KMB gang is like, we're going to make the most awesome thing, whatever awesome. And then it's up to the director to make it their own yeah. thing. Because Savini would always d direct his effects uh, scenes so he'd get them to look just the way he wanted them um i don't know if uh, uh kmb does that outside of greg nicotero directing his own episodes of creep show mm. yeah no that's a good point because i think it, it seems when i was doing uh research on the on the movie um and seeing what critical reception was which was low um it seemed to be the general consensus that, you know, the ghosts were the best part of the movie and the designs of them were the best part of the movie. And it kind of set itself up for failure for not using it so much. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, 
it's one of those movies where I was like, I feel like they really thought they were doing something. They really thought they were doing something, but, um, you know, it, it was panned when it was released. It did not, um, it, it was not a financial success either. I think it only got, um, so it only got a little bit over its budget. Um, so it lost money in account for marketing and advertising. Oh, it was released on October 26th. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so it, I feel like it was almost uh, Dark Castle Entertainment started with a high note with House on Haunted Hill. And I think it got a lot of people excited for what Dark Castle, what Robert Zemeckis and Joel Silver, what they were all, you know, coming up with. And then you get 13 Ghosts and you're like, well, okay. And then after that, you get Ghost Ship and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? These are not good. <laughs> so. Well, I don't think anybody sets out to make a bad movie. And I do believe no, no. that there are people out in the horror community that fucking love these movies. They will die on the hill for their love of House on Haunted Hill or 13 Ghosts. There, there must be uh, fans out there that that's their shit. But looking at some of the other things that uh, Dark Castle put out, I did enjoy Orphan and actually was thinking about watching it again. Um, I enjoyed The Losers which was based mm -hmm. on the DC comic by Andy Diggle and Jock. It takes uh, a little bit of liberties with the source material, but still entertaining. And you got fine-ass Idris Elba in there being fine-ass. Um, I wanted to see Seance, which is a newer release, um, but I don't think it's available for streaming yet, but I've heard good yeah, things. Yeah, not yet. I've so heard good far. things too. And I read, um, I was reading an article about it this morning. So I was doing more, I was just looking into Dark Castle more. <laughs> and uh, I believe the director feels that it's a really good callback to what Dark Castle was doing. And it's interesting because you do, you look at Dark Castle's, you know, filmography. Um, and I remember Gothica with Halle Berry. I remember liking that when I first watched it and not liking it again <laughs> after I watched it again um they did house of wax which i will defend to my last breath i love house of wax um i was okay I, with that being the last movie i saw at alamo before the pandemic i was <laughs> like if this is the last movie i see i'm fine with this i love house of wax um, um i saw yeah. gothica i didn't like it i watched house of wax simply because beautiful lady's mom rented it when it came out that's and funny. at the time that it came out with uh, at, at kind of the height of the oversaturation of Paris Hilton, my mentality was, I just want to watch her die. Can I do that? And I just found that very, very satisfying because mm -hmm. with horror, uh, you don't have to wish actual harm on a person. And I would not do that to Paris Hilton because I believe that what she projects out there uh, to make her money is nowhere the real person that she is yeah and, right uh, i wish her a long life but to see her portray a character that i can see murdered that i can get oh, behind yeah. and i feel that about a lot of ways like uh when uh, uh fucking donnie Wahlberg finally died uh in the uh saw films again being older Ooh, than chelsea, and that head goes squish being older than chelsea and hating new kids on the block as a pubescent boy because all the girls love the new kids on the block i've been 
I've wanted to watch one of them die for a very long time. So to do it in a safe and fictitious manner, perfectly legal. That's, you know, actually, this brings up a good point with House of Wax. Um, it remains one of my favorite marketing campaigns. Uh, so the marketing geek in me as well, because marketing is what my day job is. One of my favorite marketing campaigns ever is they had t-shirts and hats and posters that said, see Paris die on May, uh, whatever day it came out, it came out in May. That was the whole thing. Like they just spoiled, like, yeah, she's going to die. That was what they were selling. And I thought that was brilliant. Actually, I tried to get one of the shirts uh, for my roommate for their birthday. And I, and, um, I wasn't able to get it, uh, but you can still find them like on eBay and stuff. Um, and I think some people do like inspired merch, but I really wanted to get like one of the original shirts but I love that marketing campaign because they realized Paris Hilton was such a polarizing character and um in general and it's like people are going to see this just to see her death scene and it's a good death scene it, it does work and 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 just to as you project you know your day job is marketing prior to the mm -hmm. pandemic my day job was props and set dressing uh with both of these films the fact that the overwhelming majority have done on one set, one location. Mm -hmm. I think that does help because uh, a lot of horror movies, definitely the, the slashery ones I grew up with, a lot of nighttime exteriors at the campground, which can be tedious and whatever. But if you're on a soundstage and it's like, okay, we're in this location, it could be you know 10 in the morning, but we're saying it's overnight in this haunted mansion that probably helps matters a little mm -hmm. bit for the cast and the crew mm -hmm. that they're not freezing their collective nether regions off in the woods somewhere until dawn where it's like well now we have to wrap because the sun is coming up no so that's, that's a good a, point the little thing i can appreciate and goes through my mind particularly you know the the, the crew that had to build that 13 ghost set and carefully put in those oh big God. glass walls. Uh, again, having had done that on one job, you have to be very, very careful, uh, mm -hmm. of course, because people can get hurt. And that's why we spend 10 hours taking an online safety course. Uh, support <laughs> your local point. unions, yes. even though mine may go on strike uh, because streaming services uh, don't want to be as nice as a union requires. So if you're garbage, if That's you're trash. not getting to see theater or uh, live events or TV or movies being produced for a brief period of time, uh, you know, support those unions that, you know, I've heard some actors say about crews, you are the guys that do, are doing the real work. We're mm -hmm. just making pretend. Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes on. Behind the scenes before the cameras ever roll. And usually it's a bunch of unshaven near do wells like myself, sweating a lot and then stopping for coffee. Hey, I mean, you're, you guys, like they said, you're doing the real work. How, how would this be made without you? So it's only uh, just that you are treated fairly. So I support. And I think it's absolute trash that they do not want to treat you fairly. Strike. 
<laughs> Leave it at that. Anyway, um, th thank you for coming up with this topic. Uh, as you know, uh, uh, anytime you got something, yeah. hey, I want to talk about this. I may not know what it is, but we're going to fucking mm -hmm. do it because we're, we're, we're tight like that. It, it, do you have a, a creative soulmate like Chelsea? Uh, is one of the great joys of my life. Aw, um, ditto. There, there, there's few people like that. Uh, if we can be the horror movie equivalent of uh, Exene Cervenka and John Doe, I'm happy. <laughs> I, I am happy that we that we discussed and you know just looking into it, it, it just gave me a chance to geek out on something and um, look into Dark Castle and just have these very vivid memories of those movies so obviously you know it's not like dark castle went under and they're still making movies they have a seance they have the nest orphan movie coming out um they've still uh been successful and i think they did the right choice in expanding a little outside of horror um where they started doing you know more action movies and like liam meeson vehicles and stuff like that but um, I just think their first, the first couple of years when you had House on Haunted Hill, uh, 13 Ghost, Ghost Ship and Gothica was such formative years. And those were very, very polished movies, um, horror movies, and they had big names and the production design was insane. And some were great and some were not, but they really went, all in in their first few years and I think it's it's interesting to see like someone like Robert Zemeckis doing that who I'd like to see um I, I mean I would love to hear like what made Robert Zemeckis do Dark Castle <laughs> um entertainment so um I don't know maybe there's an interview out there that I just haven't seen but it's a maybe, it's interesting maybe. I so, definitely yeah. Uh, I, I've just decided, just in this moment, you know what? <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I am going to watch Orphan again for the second time because uh, I do have free time um, and, and see what happens. I remember thinking, oh, this is fucking weird. It's uh, but so having seen, eerie, but I having, love it. Having seen so, much, so many weirder movies than that, I'm like, it could seem normal by now it's it's weird I liked it though I would probably watch it again and I'm curious about the sequel but I, again they've done they've done some really interesting films um but you know some we can forget about <laughs> and they can stay they can stay in their in their little box um but yeah so we enjoyed House on Haunted Hill not so much 13 Ghosts no. I think that's fair. No, not even ghost titties. Save that movie. Yeah. And that was, I looked at it and I think that was that actress's only role, which I thought was interesting. Hey. <laughs> that she she can still make some signings at horror conventions. Oh yeah, I'm sure most I, likely has a following. Well, I was very surprised by, so one last thing, I know we didn't watch the movie. I mean, I've seen it before um, and I didn't want to watch it again. Uh, Ghost Ship has a big following, a cult following, which I thought was interesting because I 
thought that movie was so bad, like laughably bad um, and such a waste of that cast. Uh, and yeah, you've seen Ghost Ship, right? I saw it. I remember next to nothing. Do you, you probably just remember the opening kill with the wire. You know, remember when all the people in the ballroom probably that's were it. on the, yeah. That's I remember, I think it was like Mythbusters or somebody proved that that wouldn't be possible. <laughs> and that I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and, and um, but anyway, like Ghost Ship, I, I've noticed on Twitter, you know, the horror community loves that movie, um, at least from what I've seen. And I'm like, there, really? There, 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 there's a vocal vocal group that, that loves that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing about the horror community mm-hmm. in that it is frequently a genre that is rejected. So it appeals to people that also feel rejected that will come across this film that's been tossed in the trash. Someone yeah. will come along dust it off and and tell that movie that they love it which i think all of us weirdo horror people feel like you know we're so happy when someone does that to us yeah when someone's like i don't judge you i love you uh come along on this ride with me we'll fucking have a good time and that that's a beautiful thing about the, the, the horror community the mutant family whatever you want to call them there are movies that i love that many people probably think rick that's a piece of shit like i don't care i fucking love it i will mm-hmm. I, I will punch kick and scrape in defense yeah, of this artwork same. and you'll do the same we'll we'll judge other things and we'll need people that will punch kick and scrape for ghost ship and other things that you know we'll call bullshit but it's it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. it's a love fest and even when someone's like you know what i fucking love this movie i got the, i got the main character tattooed on my ass and i'm wearing socks of that film and we're like you know what <laughs> cool baby like good cool. for you you know hey it's if a movie finds its audience then that's really all that matters and i mm-hmm. think i yeah i love that about the horror community that when it comes to like those movies that are kind of you know critically panned or just you know didn't didn't have a successful run they'll really embrace them mm-hmm. I mean some of them they'll be like no you deserved your fate but but it comes to you know certain movies um when they start streaming on a platform and we're reintroduced to them uh it, it's just interesting it almost I'm almost convinced but I won't but I'm almost I was thinking about re-watching Ghost Ship but I'm not going to do it because I just don't think I'm going to appreciate it like others do, and I'll let them have their love for it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, at, coincidentally, uh, took a little trip recently to the Mahonic Drive-In for the mm-hmm. first time uh, for Camp Blood. Uh, yeah. Two nights of that, and the second night had Slumber Party Massacre, which I'd yes. seen before. I love Slumber Party Massacre. And the second movie was called Scream for Help, which I'd never fucking heard of before. And I loved it. Basically, here's the plot. You got a young girl whose mother is remarried. She believes her stepdad is trying to kill her and her mother, and nobody believes her. But it's from the early 80s, 
So it's very much like one of, and again, I'm, I'm old. I don't know if they have them when you, when you were a, a young whippersnapper, uh, were there still after school specials on TV? Um, yes, yes and no. We were usually showing them on VHS uh, in mm. classes, but okay, they didn't cool. always play on TV. So it wasn't like, it, it was in the tone of an after school special until mm. it wasn't. But this young lady, and this is why it works in the movies for me, especially at a horror drive-in because it provides the schlock that I want. She just has a penchant for finding people at and interrupting them as they fuck. So like she goes to her best friend and interrupts her while she's fucking. And it's like, there are some just, these are clearly not high school titties, but they, you can tell by the size and the heft that no one cares at that point. It's like, who here just saw some titties? Okay, we're all happy. On with this ridiculous plot. So I fucking love this. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I just looked it up and it looked so fun. And just looking at the stills of it, like it just looked really fun. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I don't think I, it is. I want it to be shown on the last drive-in because it is that special kind of ridiculous. And I would love to hear Joe Bob's Briggs talk mm. about it. Uh, I mean, you can rent it. Yeah. But so luckily I was afraid that it wasn't even available in any digital capacity, but it can be rented. So maybe I'll wait for it. You never know. As October approaches, um, all of the streaming services are going to get, and and I don't like the ones that don't have as much horror because it's not October. We don't need to go overboard. Yes, you do. But they go all out all of them come October 1st it's like you know when you're on the, uh, the the line of the cafeteria and the lunch lady just pours all the schlop right into your fucking bowl like splat boom there you go so who knows you might be able to see it then yeah well this was a great discussion yes it was and the and the pleasure Chelsea was all yours not just kidding <laughs> Where can the people find it if they won't find it? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Just type in Chelsea Bennington and I'm there. And then my little shameless plug for the George, uh, George A. Romero Foundation. Uh, we had an interview with Suze Romero, uh, George's widow, a little while back. And it's a great foundation. Just check them out. And and Suze is a wonderful, delightful lady, and you're mm-hmm. you're you're volunteering and working yeah. on stuff to help get the word out uh, of the good things they've got coming down the pike, and we support them fully. Um, you can check out Spooky underscore Doings on Instagram. Check out Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. I'm working on trying to get us uh, an October show mm-hmm. in New York City, uh, and so when that happens all the details will be found there i can be found at rick guzman 718 on twitter uh talking about weirdo horror things on my mind and uh, reaching out to other people in hopes of getting more podcast guests i was thinking about getting one of those like chalkboard signs that so many days uh since rick's last twitter ban i feel like that would be a lot of fun like just to start counting the days i mean you're behaving I'm, sir you're behaving i'm not day. harassing conservative politicians on twitter that's what facebook is for (laughs) (laughs) and our artwork 
holy cow yes holy cow you can see it right there a special thanks to brianna sig for giving us unsolicited artwork that looked so fucking awesome which you just sent it to me uh one night and i was speechless which doesn't happen often no i i was also speechless i i don't even remember how i reacted other than what <laughs> um i first thing i asked was can i send this to chelsea and she said <laughs> yes and i'm like can we use this as our podcast artwork and she said yes and boom done yeah i her support she's she's always been incredibly supportive and she listens and i mean we're at when <laughs> when she promotes us it's just always so lovely mm-hmm. um i bought some artwork from her recently and I got quite a few candles. Her candles smell really good. So if you like creepy candles, um, I know her shop is closed for a couple of weeks, but um, Sig Sylvania, uh, it's awesome. And I got the cat artwork, the three-eyed cat, and I'm going to hang it up near my bed. So at the moment, they're on. They're doing a short tour uh, mm-hmm. of California, performing some live shows. But they'll be back soon. Check out Soraya Rocks for all yeah. uh, band information. They'll be back on the show soon to talk about a variety of topics and when their new album is coming out. Check out Sig Sylvania on Etsy for all your spooky needs. Throw, throw the money at the artists that yeah, need it. Exactly. That, that puts so much love and care in what they give you, too. It's, it's mm-hmm. insane. But um, God, are we done plugging other people? Yes. So (laughs) in the meantime and in between time, dear listener, stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky.